Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer this week on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. So we've been talking about what might lie ahead for the Arizona Coyotes after they were told by the city of Glendale that the Gila River Arena will only be their home for one more season. The year-to-year lease agreement will not be renewed. This is a building that has housed the Coyotes since 2003. And, of course, this is sort of upsetting the apple cart, not that far away from the start of the NHL season. So where does this leave this team? Well, we couldn't track down anybody in Arizona to talk about this. But you know who did this morning was Dave McCarthy, both from NHL.com and Sirius XM uh, NHL Radio. He joins us, I believe, from Toronto. Dave, how's it going today? Great, yeah, all good. How about you guys? It's It's been a busy one this morning, one that we didn't necessarily expect necessarily. So, uh, again, you had the chance to chat with Craig, Morning on your, or Craig uh, Morgan on your show this morning, Dave, about what's going on with Arizona. So, and, you know, what did you learn, I guess, about the things that led to this announcement from the city of Glendale yesterday? Yeah, they're in a tight spot right now, uh, Arizona, obviously, because at the end of uh, this coming season, right now, they're homeless. Look, they, they want to build a new rink. This is not a secret. This has been in the news for uh, some degree of time. But what's happened now is that uh, the city of Glendale, I think, is essentially called the Coyotes Bluff and said, okay, go ahead and do it. Because what, what happens then is, if, if the Coyotes build a new facility, well, that essentially becomes competition to uh, the Gila River Arena in terms of booking events outside of hockey games. So, um, and, and now that this is why the, the Coyotes are in a tight spot is because even if they book um, uh, the, the deal on a new arena and they put a shovel in the ground today, it's not going to be ready for October 15 months from now, it's, it's going to take probably minimum three years. We've seen how long it's taken them to get the uh, the job done 
uh, down there on Long Island for their new facility. It's been a, a number of years. So where do the Coyotes play in the interim? Well, it could be a negotiating ploy. The, the city is saying, no, no, it's not a negotiation. You know, off you go. It's been a slice. Um, Garrett Batman, the, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, is saying, no, no, they're negotiating. I'm not worried. That's what the sides are saying publicly. Um, obviously, in, in that type of a situation, you're, you're going to say what both sides have said. You wonder if something can get worked out behind the scenes, though. And, and what's, what's happened now is that, well, suddenly Glendale has found themselves in a position of really high leverage in these negotiations. So if they want to bridge their way to a new arena, well, then they're going to have to pay up. It's going to cost them a lot of money. If not, and if they can work out a deal, what Craig told me, and he's been down in, in that marketplace, that area of the country for a long, long time, there really is no other local option that is feasible for an NHL team right now. So I guess the long and short of it is the Coyotes are in a really tight spot. That was sort of what I ascertained in listening to their local radio show talk about this whole thing yesterday is the lack of secondary options. I mean, it's it's either you go play where the, the Roadrunners do in Tucson and, and you've got issues with that being, you know, far south and not having capacity that you would be accustomed to. Uh, I don't know that the Sun Devils sharing that stadium in Tempe would make any sense. And then Veterans Memorial Coliseum is what we heard probably the most about, but that houses a, a state fair for at least a month of the NHL season so you know I, I just I wonder based on how Gary Bettman was talking about this it seemed like he was confident that they aren't going to be moving too far from the the greater Phoenix area shall we say but I don't know if those are just rose-colored glasses that this will the negotiations will pick up or, or take a different yeah. turn. It just seems like the two sides are both very steadfast in, in, in their opinions of this right now. And the middle ground, there isn't one that I can see as to where well, the Coyotes end up dropping the puck in 2022. Yeah, I mean, in, in the commissioner's case right now, I, I picture him sort of as the duck, right? Calm on the surface, but pedaling like hell underwater. <laughs> he's not, he's not going to come out and tell folks like you and I, up. Oh, they got us. They got us. <laughs> we got to go. He's not going to say that. It might come to that. But at this point, the only response he can have is to say he's not worried and, and try to uh, help the, uh, the Coyotes and their ownership group arrange some sort of deal. Look, Gila River Arena needs, needs some improvements as well. Um, the, uh, the ownership of the Coyotes is looking for some public assistance in, in facilitating those improvements. Uh, that doesn't look very good necessarily from a, a civic electoral standpoint. A lot of times I don't know if there's an election coming up down there from a municipal standpoint in the near future, but, you know, there's a political angle involved here. Um, so there's just so many different leverage points at play. And as, as you pointed out, the, the local option is not very attractive. Even the Phoenix Suns arena, I brought that up as an option to Craig. And, and he said, well, look, why would the owner of the Suns be interested in doing that essentially what you're doing is you're offering the coyotes a lifeboat for three or four years to get an arena uh set up and then what is going to happen is a lot of the uh stakeholders the customers potential customers could end up going to somebody else's ship i.e the coyotes new rink when it comes to booking um external events like concerts and fairs and all of that mm -hmm. so well what 
Why would he do that? There's no win in it for him. He's not just going to offer the, the Coyotes a lifeboat just to be a great guy. That's not how business works. So that's why this is a really, really tenuous position for Arizona to be in because they got to come to some sort of conclusion on this in a relatively short period of time. You can't be having this talk at this point next year. You'll be in deep trouble then. And part of the problem, is, as I understand it as well, is sharing a building with a hockey team in particular between practices and games and that sort of stuff like they were they were saying yesterday it beats the hell out of facilities to have like basketball and hockey shared facilities like that so add that to the list of reasons is it sounds like why talking stick where the suns play wouldn't be an option there so you know you you can't have this conversation as we chat with dave mccarthy from nhl.com and sirius xm nhl radio you can't have this conversation without at least touching on the possibility Possibility of relocation and I know that being in the Canadian market Quebec City kind of lights up everybody's eyes it just seems like way too far of a stretch and something that would take far more planning than just a good opportunity because another team was in hot water so uh, does Houston make any sense do you think that there is any possibility that we even get so far as relocation here where are you at with that well, i put it this way. It's the commissioner's job to have a list of, of potential owners and locations at the ready should something come up that, that he can go to and, and, and arrive at some sort of a conclusion. But what I can tell you is at this point, um, that is option like Zed, right? Like they don't want to get to that point after pouring the amount of resources into the Coyotes that they have over the last 10 years. Look, this is a team that when they're good, the fans show up, and it's an area in which it should be able to sustain a team. There's a lot of Canadians down in that area of the country. Um, you know, they've got uh, they've got a pretty ardent fan base. It's just that one, the team has been brutal for a long, long time. That does not help. And then the other thing that I, I talked to Craig about was, you know, okay, we always hear uh, Glendale. It's not a great spot to be in. It seems like it's a geography issue. I asked him to explain well, why that is because I haven't been down there enough to fully understand it. And he said, look, anybody who's going to buy season's tickets, going to buy a corporate box, they live in the east end of the city, okay? Glendale is on the northwest end of the city. And he said at times during the week, he said it can take you an hour, if not two, to get from the east end of the city where a lot of the stakeholders would live to a game. It's not very appetizing on a Tuesday night in November to make that drive. So they do have to move. Um, a lot of things conspiring against this team. They would like to move to the, to the eastern end of the city, but again, that, that takes time to facilitate a deal. Um, if they should have to move um, and they can't work out something in, 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 uh, in the Phoenix area, yeah, certainly Houston would be uh, would be an option. Um, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, as my understanding goes, he's got nothing but money down there. But again, uh, it's got to be a, a deal that, that is a win-win situation for him. Um, Kansas City has a rink built. They have a, a group of people in Kansas City that continue to hope to bring a team to that area at some point. It would be a great rivalry with, with St. Louis, that's for sure. And, and Quebec City as well. They've got an arena um, and all of that. The issue is then if you move the Coyotes to Quebec City, well, now you've got an imbalance in the east compared to the west, and that kind of throws things off. Houston, Kansas City, keeping the west. Uh, but I think that's down the road, uh, quite honestly, uh, until we, we get a, 
a more clear understanding of whether or not some sort of an agreement can be worked out in Arizona because that's their, their goal right now. Yeah, and we almost can't even say much more about all this other than to just wait and see what the next couple of steps are because there's very much in flux right now. But not the only thing going on in the hockey world today as we chat with Dave McCarthy out of NHL.com. Henrik Lundqvist hanging up his skates after 15 seasons, tried to to give it a, a genuine try in Washington and then uh, was sidelined with heart to uh, inflammation as I understand it last season so decides it's it for him at 38 years old and we were having the debate on and off air actually Dave about whether he's a top 10 goaltender all time the win stats are there maybe more of a team stat but he's he's done a lot in his career what are your thoughts on King Henrik hanging him up well I think it's the right decision I mean he didn't just have heart inflammation he had valve replacement surgery this is a significant procedure i'm not a cardiologist but i spoke to one on my show when this news came out uh eight or nine months ago and he said it's no joke like it's not uh a minor issue he said full-on open heart surgery um and i asked uh, the doctor straight up at the time um obviously not having examined him but uh, cases of this nature, understanding the type of, uh, of level that, that, uh, that the human body has to get to, the toll that gets taken, uh, the, the amount of tax you put on yourself, but playing in the NHL at the age that he is, having gone through a situation like this, would you ever, ever uh, recommend a continuation on in his career? And he said, no, no, zero chance. Never, ever, ever, ever would I recommend that. And that's, that's turned out to be what has been the case. Look, Henrik wanted to come back. I understand that. But, but man, I'm, I'm glad he made the decision that he did because I just don't think it's worth the risk. I mean, even if there was 1% chance that something could go horribly wrong, at this point in his career, at the age of 39, uh, he's got a young family. He's got all the money in the world. What is the point? What is the point? I know he doesn't have a Stanley Cup, and that's that last thing that he was so obviously trying to get a chance to win. So I signed a Washington team that he thought would have an opportunity to contend last year. Um, but I'm glad he made the decision. I really am, just from, uh, from a personal standpoint, um, getting to be around him a little bit. You asked me off the top, is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, he's a Hall of Famer 100% on the ice. But more importantly than that, he's a Hall of Fame person. The way he, uh, the way he conducted himself through his career, the amount he engaged himself in the community in New York, the amount of the time and, and effort and, and financial support that he offered to charities. Um, you, you cannot find a better guy than Henrik Lundqvist. Like, this is a guy that is on almost a transcendent level. It's, it's difficult in hockey uh, to get transcendent stars, the likes of a LeBron James or a, a Tiger Woods, uh, you know, folks of that nature. Henrik Lundqvist is, is almost as close as you can get. He's a guy that gets international acclaim um, over in Europe, all of that. But you wouldn't know it if you met him. And here's a really quick story. Um, in 2000, it was 2012 or 13 when I was still relatively young in a business. Um, I, one of my assignments at a, at a former place, um, a business that I was at, was to cover the road team that would run through Toronto. Well, I didn't know at the time that when a team plays one night and they're playing back-to-back in another city, typically they're not going to hold a morning skate. So I was down there on a Saturday morning night after the Rangers played, and I'm like, oh, there's, there's nobody here. But guess who was there? 
Henrik Lundqvist, who um, wasn't playing that night but came to get a workout in, and there was like the seventh defenseman or whatever. Um, well, obviously the other reporters understood that too because no other reporters were there. So I was like, well, well this is kind of awkward here. I wonder if I'll even get a chance to talk to Henrik. Um, not that he's going to play tonight, but he's, he's Henrik Lundqvist. Even though he's backing up, there's still reason to talk to him. He could have been like, yeah, get the hell out of here, right? I want to go back to the hotel. Don't bother me. I, I got to go in the locker room. I got to sit there and talk to Henrik one-on-one for like 15 minutes, not just about hockey, but about uh, growing up in Sweden and how much the winning a gold medal meant to him in 2006. And um, at the time, how much he would love to still win a Stanley Cup. Remember, the Rangers were a really good team at that time. And just, you know, off-topic stuff. And I was nobody. Not that I'm anybody now, but, you know, this guy could have easily said, get the heck out of here, but he didn't. And I got to sit there and talk one-on-one with Henrik Lundqvist for 15 minutes. I mean, come on, who, who does that, right? It's the kind of person that, that Henrik is and that he's all about. And um, it's, it's tough to see him go out, not necessarily on his own terms, but I think it, by all intents and purposes, uh, the best that he can on his own terms and and for that I'm I'm happy to see he made that decision. Yeah, and that would have been a year or two after he had just won the Vesna trophy which clearly didn't inflate his ego whatsoever as we chat with our headliner today Dave McCarthy from nhl.com Sirius XM NHL Radio our headliner brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky just might be the best you've ever tasted search for W I L H A U K today. Austin Matthews Dave had wrist surgery some conversation about why it came so late in the summer what can you offer uh, as far as insight on that goes well look when you go through surgery on your wrist i mean it's a tricky situation not nearly the extent to which henrik went through that's life threatening but this is a tricky situation so with something that bothered them all last year they tried to go the non-surgical route uh rest rehab um all of that and uh, as, as he started to ramp up his training later on in the summer, do more on-ice work, it, it started barking again, and it became clear that, that something still was not right. So they went to the surgery route. It's apparently going to be a six-week recovery, but you know that, that's at minimum. And again, wrists can be really, really tricky things. So um, you know, I know somebody went through a similar surgery. It's taken them. They had the surgery in uh, at the end of February. They're still trying to get the range of motion back and all of that. So, um, look, Austin's a high-level athlete. He's going to have the best care, but it's it's going to be a tricky process to get his wrist back to the point where it's at his best, so that he can you he can use his biggest weapon, his shot, right? Like that's that's where he makes his money. That's his bread and butter. And if your wrist is barking. Um, it becomes a bit of an issue. So that's why it took a little longer. They were trying at all costs to to avoid surgery. But um, at the end of the day, probably the right decision, if it wasn't going to get better with rest and rehab, uh, to try to get it fixed once and for all. And hopefully they go, and they will, go through the proper steps to, to, to in the post-op to get the, the, the wrist back to where it needs to be long-term so it doesn't become an issue uh, moving forward. But, hey, put it this way, if he's not ready to go, um, on opening night for the Leafs, you hope that's not the case, but it's still a possibility at that point. Um, that's a big loss, obviously, to this Toronto lineup because he's uh, 
is as good a score there as there is in the game right now. Even at less than 100%, he's still up there. It's it's mind-boggling. Now, his former teammate, Zach Hyman, I'll let you go with this thought or or get one final mm. thought from you here. He's, he's new to the Edmonton market. He's 29 years old and established NHLer. And all we hear about this guy is how great a complimentary player he is to upper echelon uh, you know, NHL stars. Do you share that same opinion? What, what do you like about Hyman's game? Yes, without question, 100%. He will fit in like a charm, whether it's with Leon Dreisaitl, whether it's with Connor McDavid. Look, he understands what he is in the NHL. Um, everybody would like to be Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, but not everybody is. But that doesn't mean that everybody can't contribute if they understand their role and execute it uh, to perfection. And that's what Zach Hyman is all about. Uh, he never cheats you any shift. Every single time he steps on the ice, he gives you everything. He's willing to go along the boards, dig the puck out, be physical, block shots on the penalty kill, um, get to the front of the net, take abuse. Uh, it's, it's the exact type of player that, that they've been looking for and had been in the play alongside McDavid and, and Dreisaitl for quite some time. So, um, yeah, the money is certainly more than he was making in Toronto, and you just hope that if he doesn't put up, you know, 25 goals, 55 points, that the contract doesn't become an albatross around his neck. But um, the issue is that uh, what you're getting him for in Edmonton isn't necessarily as much about uh, points and goals and all of that. It's to help facilitate other players on his line. And, and he's done a tremendous job of that with, with John Tavares and with Austin Matthews uh, for quite some time in Toronto. And I think he's going to be a perfect fit uh, in Edmonton. Uh, the folks out in your neck of the woods are going to love this guy. Cause again, you want to talk about good people. Um, he, he's, just, he's just as good a guy off the ice as well as he is, uh, as he is on the ice. He's just a guy you want to be around. Uh, he makes people around him better. So I think he's going to be a great fit in Edmonton. Great insight today, Dave. Appreciate you taking time to join the show. All the best. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Absolutely. That's Dave McCarthy from NHL.com, from SiriusXM, NHL Radio. He's based out of Toronto. We won't hold it against him. Brendan Escott here. It's 12.54 in Edmonton. Back after this. We all deserve a holiday after the year we've had, don't we? New West Travel has a special VIP trip down to Vancouver. Take a loved one and join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver, B.C. New West Travel's package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals, departing from private terminals, three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel, all that for just $699. Visit Stanley Park, stroll the beaches, shop, or dine in the beautiful waterfront city. You need a holiday this September. Space is limited, though, so call New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com. So it sounds like... Well, it sounds like there's a lot of posturing going on, frankly, between either side of this arena deal between the city of Glendale and the NHL and the Arizona Coyotes, who say that they're disappointed in the unilateral decision made by the city of Glendale, but also won't pony up money for upgrades on a, on a city-owned facility. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here, but to give them less than a year's notice that you have to vacate now 
is surprising to me. He makes a very good point, though, with why should the Phoenix Suns or other facilities help them out for three, four years just so they can go and build their own venue and take away dollars right out of their pocket in five years time which makes a lot of sense again concerts coming through and you know events and expos and and stuff you wouldn't even consider that are money generators for these buildings specifically when they're renting out their space yeah i i completely understand that now as I understand this, they don't actually have any sort of facility where the majority of the growth in the metropolitan area is actually taking place. So like um, like Dave described it, the, the city of Glendale is super, like you fly over it and then there's like 10 more minutes worth of you hovering into Phoenix, right? So you, it, it's way out of the way. Most people that live in that area live in Scottsdale. Paradise Valley is exploding and that's all sort of east and north. So if you get a facility where the people are, they say if you build it, they'll come. Maybe maybe they would show up. Because that if you're traveling there as a tourist, by the way, if you're just Joe from Edmonton hopping on a bird going down to catch a hockey game, don't you want to be where you're going to go out to the nightclub after? Well, that's Old Town Scottsdale, man. That's not Glendale. And it's an hour-long Uber ride from Scottsdale over to Glendale. Exactly. So the fact that they hadn't put enough forethought into this and I don't want to you know I don't know okay I'm not a businessman I don't know what this all entails but there could have been shovels in the ground at the point where the organization and ownership talked about wanting to have more control over the facility that seems like a very tedious deal year-to-year leases for a sports facility like that for a sports team with very few other options in the area that seems like they were living a little fast and loose Shovels in the ground cost money, though. This isn't a team that's been raking it in. And I know that revenue sharing is a very hot-button topic around the NHL on this show especially, and I don't know enough about how it works to really sink my teeth into it, but I can definitely bet that there would have been 31 other owners saying... Hmm, you're taking money from us to, you know, stay afloat the way that we all do, and you're building yourself a state-of-the-art arena. I don't know how we all feel about that. That's just my speculation, though. We'll continue this conversation. You can get your thoughts in. Keep them coming. 780-496-0063. If the Yotes aren't in Arizona, where are they playing next year? Is it Quebec? Is it Houston? Is it Kansas City? Do you have another idea? Let me know. You can text it in. We'll send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with a conversation with Andy Ide on the Seattle Kraken. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.